Welcome to the Sound Mind Podcast, where I invite interesting guests from the music field and discuss with them topics such as musical and personal growth, pursuing excellence and self-talk, body and mind maintenance, practice and work routines, music business and more. I'm your host, Mikhail Krustel, and welcome to the Sound Mind Podcast. On today's episode, my guest is Shai Maestro, an incredible musician, piano player, composer, touring all over the world with his projects. Alongside that, he's also such an inspiring and wise soul. Uh, I have to share a story with you, which is that 10 years ago, I attended his concert for the very first time, and up until this day, that concert remains the deepest experience that I've ever felt during attending a live performance. Uh, we're going to discuss topics such as meditation, we're going to discuss musicianship and what is that all about. And he even shared a very interesting term that I've heard for the very first time, which is creative pregnancy. So I hope that you enjoy and have fun. Welcome, Shai. Uh, welcome to the Sound Mind podcast. I am extremely uh, honored and happy that you responded to the request. Uh, so welcome. Thank you. Good to be here. Good to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah. I also heard that you became now uh, European and that you're <laughs> living in Spain. So welcome yeah. to Europe as well. Thank you. Thank yeah. Um, yeah. Before uh, I start with uh, throwing questions at you, I have to say that uh, it was, I think I was at somewhere at the beginning of my uh, musical career when I found out uh, about you and uh, you were a part of uh, Avishai Cohen's trio and uh, it was a recording of Nunu and then uh, that was like just wow i remember me and my friend he played double bass then my trio he was like man you have to see this video look at this piano player and it was like crazy and uh we enjoyed it so much and then i several times i checked it out uh after that and as time went by then i started studying uh, in uh, rotterdam and there uh another friend of mine invited me where you were playing with your own trio then and i have to say that that was the deepest uh experience that i got in a concert uh oh. i never felt anything like that oh, wow. before neither after you were playing wow. with on the drums and uh, jorge on the bass and i was just i was just so immersed in the gig like that you were giving that I, I could only like move back and forth and and that that was it i was just like oh my god <laughs> you know it's like that when you're binge watching a series and you're asking yourself how what am i going to do after the concert or after yeah. after i see all the all the series you know what am, <laughs> how is life gonna look after that you know um and yeah i have to say that um I mean, that was the first experience that I got from, from your, um, from your show. And then of course the next, I went to your gigs also then a couple of times more. And, uh, yeah, the first one struck me the most cause I, you know, I was just thrown in, you know, you see YouTube videos and whatnot, whatever, but live, man, you really 
you really made made that night and and you put a completely different threshold on how how the connection with the people is just through music also mm. because i noticed that you don't really talk that much but it's just everything goes through music and it was just such a beautiful beautiful lesson and message and experience so i never told you that uh so thank you for that as well you're welcome thank you i'm very happy to hear it yeah <laughs> very yeah and um i've read that you started playing the piano at quite a young age um what was that thing that made you decide for the piano made me decide to play piano at the end yeah yeah hmm. well um uh, i think the only time where i actually had the question whether i want to do it or not if, if that's what you're relating to yeah. um was uh i was a 16 i think 15 16 something like that and i went to berkeley's five week pro program and uh, i met i met there like a bunch of people that were super serious about the craft uh, john batiste was there was there with me we were and uh, like a bunch of other people and you saw like how serious they were and then i was like okay fuck, i understand now how much time you need to dedicate to music if you really want to do it all the way and i was like i don't know if i got that in me um and then i just kept on playing while i was asking myself these questions and then i just got immersed in the music and the question i didn't even need to answer it it was just like well, i just love music so too much to stop it you know so let's go give it as, as much as i can mm -mm. so it happened very very naturally i guess right like you just let go with the with the flow and see what what happened to do it you know you know you need to sacrifice like especially at a young age <clears throat> if you start and some you know you see it a lot in the classical world where you know some kids are playing from like five years old like with a crazy practice routine and almost like athletic you know schedules yeah uh and then the sacrifices for 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 kids for teenagers is, is big you know you don't like everybody goes play go, goes outside to play basketball and you're playing piano everybody's like going to the party and you're like well you know and um so the, the the question was always there, like, wow, it's pretty intense. But then, you know, I would listen to Chick Corea play or something. And I was like, fuck, I just, that's what I want to do, <laughs> you know? So, okay. So I guess it's not, a cho I mean, it is a choice, but it was, I, it was like, it just happened by itself. So, yeah. So as a kid, you were never like, uh, okay. Um, were you as a kid also asking yourself these questions when you were practicing or performing? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, I spent like really that, that time in, in Berkeley was when I re really understood like what, what I would need to do. And uh, that was the time where I was like asking a question for the rest of the time. I was like, well, you know, fuck, I, I would like to go to this basketball practice, but maybe not, you know, so it, it wasn't that difficult until 16, 17. Mm -mm -mm. And was there a specific person that, uh, like you mentioned already, Chick Corea, but was there maybe someone from your surroundings, your close surroundings, that that uh, also sparked the fire for this trip? Well, I mean, you mentioned Abishai, so he was a big source of inspiration at the beginning. I actually auditioned for his student ensemble. 
Um, not many people know that, but I was like 15 at the time. And he was like leading, uh, you know, student ensemble in this like uh, conservatory. And I was like, whoa, it's a guy from Chikoria's trio. Like, whoa, I want to do it. And I auditioned and he didn't, uh, he didn't accept me. And I was like, okay, great. And then a few years later, I started playing with him. But, you know, having him in my orbit, Abishai, the trumpet player, Omar Avital was the amazing piano player, Omri Moore, was like a huge, huge source of inspiration at the time. Um, and yeah, now the generation that followed, that came after us of Israeli musicians is pretty incredible. And before, before there were many musicians and some of them were like really top, top notch, like these guys. Mm. And, uh, I also, now I remember that I even saw you then perform with, um, with, uh, Avishai once and, uh, I also remember that I, I thought, wow, it's insane how you also work as a, as a glue. Like, because uh, I've seen you work as a, you know, uh, your work as a solo, being a part of the trio. And even then you were like, you know, like connecting everything, you know. And then as a part of the Avishai, I felt that's even more, you know, I, I felt you were really supporting, supporting mm. him and like whatever it needed to be, uh, to, to propel the the performance to the to the audience and to connect everybody in the in the audience so i noticed that do you consciously also think about it when you play or does it just come naturally no definitely i'm i'm really happy that you mentioned the glue aspect because it's a word i use quite often um i heard one time there's an interview with uh, sullivan fortner you know sullivan no oh wow sullivan fortman he's <laughs> he's, he's the dude for for jazz piano. What <laughs> yeah. what like one of them if not the dude. Simon Fortney has a record out called the Solo Game. It's insanity. It's so yeah. good. And anyway, he played with Roy Ar Argo and a bunch of like and he there was an interviewer there was an interview that I saw of his and he uh he was talking about defending the music or defending the musicians. Wow, this is great. So you take a part. I mean, it, to understand it, first of all, you have to think of music in, in communal terms. You know, it's like you're, you're here basically for everybody. So it's rather than try, trying to shine the most you can by yourself and be that like, you know, saxophone star, or piano star or whatever. You're like, wait, how can I make other people sound better? You know, first of all, and then like a magic trick, if everybody around you sounds better, your env their env environment that surrounds your playing is better. And then therefore you sound better. So it's like, it's this amazing mirror of life where, you know, I think it's also, <laughs> that's super valid there. Just like take care of your surroundings. Um, yeah. And being a glue, it's like, it's, it means many things like what did the bass player just play is what inversion, what, what uh, octave was it played? What is the drum playing? What is the subdivision that, you know, take all this information, then digest it and then ping, play the right chord that, oops, sorry, that, um, that includes everybody, you know, includes all the information that happened around you. So 
So definitely, yeah. Being being in glue is something that is very important for me as a musician, for sure. Mm. Yeah, because I suspect that. Uh, I mean, I also think about the music musicianship like a partnership, just with a with a different uh, with a different name, right? It has ship in the end, right? So you're you're on it, right? It's this yeah. awareness, yeah. responsibility. Like it has so many meanings, right? And you create the atmosphere. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And um can you tell me how does like a normal uh shy maestro uh day look like? Like what mm -hmm. is what is your uh, routine, morning, evening, through the day? Do you have something? So I mean, yeah, as I told you, I moved, uh, I mean, I told you before we started the interview, but I moved you to Catalonia like two weeks ago. So the, still my, the routine is still being formed, but ideally if I can get up in the morning, I practice meditation. So like, if I do like half an hour meditation, get breakfast, get some emails done, da, 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 and then sit and, you know, and play music until like for, I don't know, two, three hours, then hopefully go and do some uh, physical activity come back, did a little bit more than music and then some, you know, regular usual life stuff. Uh, but, uh, yeah, that'll be, that'll be a good day. Um, if we can ma manage to wake up early and then, and, and get this routine going. So I think that's, uh, that is something that I'm, I'm happy about. I'm like, yeah, go to, go to sleep happy. Yeah. And do you have also something to wind down or like an evening, um, part of it? I mean, yeah, I'm hanging with my, like with my girlfriend, uh, you know, watching movies, whatever, and, and also, but like the med actually the meditation practice is pretty pretty amazing. It's like it's uh, really something that weaves everything together. Um, yeah, so it's some, something I'm very very happy about. Yeah, how do you uh, how do you meditate? Like, what do you what are your tools or or what do you focus on? What's your how do you do it? Yeah, the, I mean it's pretty wide and vast world uh but i can give you like the just a simple it's just like one object focus actually so it could be like focusing on breath or uh open-eyed meditation where you focus on a, on an object and basically learn to focus your attention on one thing without your mind escaping everywhere which later on <clears throat> immediately translates to practicing your instrument <laughs> you know it's like instead of like oh you start practicing it's like oh i gotta do this i gotta do this oh your mind, your mind goes everywhere you can't concentrate and then instagram and then oh this like pop-up came and the notification and someone called and like you never did anything and it's like oh what's happening on youtube oh that's great lebron james has scored 30 points on the nba it's like you know that kind of days where you're like Oof, you know it's everything everything escaped and so like yeah meditation single single object meditation is a great tool to just like learn how to be more present whether it's in in a conversation, practice, whatever, you know, cooking. Yeah. Yeah. I, I find for myself the, um, cause I'm also, uh, practicing, uh, meditation. I, I find that for me, breath is the, the thing. Like I, whenever I try or sometimes I open, and I'm like, okay, I'm just gonna open up and see what there is. But somehow the breath is the easiest because I can count it you know like one in breath two yeah. if i get to 10 i am very happy about yeah. it you know and then just also um that i do all the time the counting all the way to 10 back to zero yeah again. 
you don't you don't even get to eight because you're like well it's somewhere else <laughs> exactly you, you missed the count if you if you're at 17 all of a sudden you're like oh you just start <laughs> it's great man really really great you do that for half an hour your day is completely different yeah yeah i would say and um I also started noticing uh, that, like you said, you know, it then connects to the practice. And sometimes then I even practice, I would choose, you know, guitar players were full of licks and riffs and blah, blah, you know. And then I would just, uh, and this one I got actually from my teacher for uh, Tala, that I would choose a lick and then uh, count till a hundred. And if I lose it, I start again. <laughs> What do you mean? What do you mean? If you choose a link, you count to hundred. Yeah, you know, like I, w- I would make a link. Let's say you know two five one uh, in two five one or something, and then I would play it, and then I would count every round that I play. Up oh, to, oh, okay, okay, yeah, yes, yes. You know, and then if I lose the count, yeah, good luck, go again. You know, you were and uh, oh, yeah. and yeah. I don't know if it's cheating, but what helped me was that I imagine the number that I imagine a number and. I don't know, then it somehow works, but if I'm just like, you know, not imagining anything and just going and uh, yeah, it I just lose it. But something magical also happens when I reach that hundred, like my flow with the instrument is like transcendent. Like it's it's really something. Yeah, it's really, really crazy. The mind is, is if you, just like we need patience, you know, that's the thing that's so lost these days. Like everything is TikTok, Instagram, quick learn something upload it to youtube get the likes get the comments get the dopamine hit yeah. and you're done you know which is fine you know it's 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 cool but uh but then the 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 repetition and staying with the material speaking of like sacrifice and you know yeah the, it's like that's where you learn new skills that's how you learn new things and that's how you internalize it and, and it doesn't just become like something that's went through your brain and disappeared you know, but you can actually change. Yeah, exactly. And um, I've read also um, that the recently, I mean, recently, a couple of years, you started now uh, to write uh, music for orchestra and scoring and, and film music. And um, tell me, how, how did the transition come into, into your life? Was it again, this just flow and it was like, oh, this is something what I want or... Mm. Well, um, you know, my music has been uh, cinema. Like that's how, like the way I started playing music was cinematic. Like so, when I was five years old, I didn't know anything about music, and I and I just like sat at, at, next to the piano at my parents' house, and I was like imitating the sounds of the forest, like you know, like just you know, animals running and rain and thunders and you know all this kind of stuff, which later on. Turned to be turned out to be improvisation. I'm like, okay, so you make things up, great. Uh, and then uh, with film scoring, it was just like a like a natural transition. Um, plus the knowledge of you know classical music, working with the music software, jazz, different genres like that kind of stuff is really u- useful when you write music for for cinema. And so I love I love the creative challenges. It's, it's beautiful, really beautiful. Mm. And you mentioned that as a kid, um, you were, uh, that, that the nature, you were kind of mimicking uh, nature. Do you have maybe uh, 
a story or a special story from from childhood also that 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 is connected to music or do you remember something a story from the childhood that is connected from music just any story yeah like this there's something that oh this is a this is an interesting one <laughs> about nature yeah like maybe something uh c- connecting because you mentioned that that you were mimicking trying to mimic the the four is a story from the childhood about wow um i hope i'm not stretching you too much so no 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 just like trying to think how it connects to music i mean i just uh, i don't know if from the childhood you can tell you a story from like one hour ago when i was hiking outside <laughs> and i stopped in the middle of the of the of the path of the run to, to to sit and actually do some meditation work and then like the thing was uh it's called a hyper atten- hyper attention i guess exercise or something like that when you like you try to listen to every little detail that is happening around you so you know birds wind water leaves that and like once you you know you get into the state it's like it's it's really like you feel something that's opening up and then you know go back home do it with a shostakovich symphony for example you know or or with beyonce you know whatever like and try to listen to every single thing that is happening if you listen to talk about beyonce listen to the sound the snare sound and and how how much reverb is the reverb on anything on everything is the what what are the lyrics how the the groove with bass part but You know this kind of stuff so i think that's like a good good lesson we can learn from <clears throat> from paying attention especially in nature it's just like also really beautiful because of the sensory experience that is not just audio yeah and um regarding to the writing of the music that that you do um how how do you tackle that process of writing do you yeah tell me How do you do it? <laughs> you tell me I'm trying to do this these days uh, it's it's wild man because it's 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 so elusive it's like it's really something that is doesn't have a formula it's not like you know I went out for my morning run and I came back and now I will write you know twenty minutes of music in this three hour times that I have which I guess if you if you score for films and you you have a deadline you need to write funny you just do it but if you want to write music that is that has this thing that when you listen to it you're like ah yes 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 i i found it that is super elusive and it's really interesting to explore that with like changing your state of being you know exploring like how Can I be present today like where I am do I am I super chaotic am I quiet am I I don't know what and then try to write something that goes with what you feel today I think is a good key to find at least to at, at least find interesting things you know what I mean if like you're in a really zombie mode that's like nothing really touches you and you try to write like super intricate harmonic blah blah, blah thing probably not gonna work uh So I guess you know writing freely is 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 a lot about being attuned to what to where your spirit is at the moment. Mm. Well, this also brings me um once we were hanging out and you mentioned this 
fantastic quote that I still sometimes like play back in my head. And that was shit. Thank you. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, um, can you, can you tell us a little bit about this phrase of yours? Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's, it's just like a, it's a, how can I say it? Like a sexy, uh, slogan that I invented, but the concept is not, but I mean, it existed for the entirety of time. Uh, but yeah, just to, 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 to briefly explain, she, thank you is this shit and thank you. And that basically means, uh, transforming things that happen to you that are, that suck into, into productive or beneficial, uh, yeah, beneficial to have a beneficial quality to them. Um, and so. Uh, let's say like you want to, you want to play do, uh, do, mi fa, sol, si, do, you get the last do and your finger press two keys at the same time. You have do and do, you have like C and C sharp together. The first reaction reaction is shit. And then if you learn to say, thank you, you say like, well, I just got a gift. I got, I just got like, you know, a minor second that happened by mistake. And I could just mess around with it and move it, play it like a fourth down, fifth up, minor third down, major third up. And all of a sudden, I'm like, oh, that's really interesting. And then, like, what if I harmonize it? What if I add like this thing? And you know, and all of a sudden, you're in this completely different universe that happened only because you messed up, quote unquote, messed up. And so, it applies to anything. Like anything could be seen as a platform for something better. Yeah. Uh, I find it more difficult to apply in real life because it's more, it's more vast. And so music is like, uh, it's like a laboratory, kind of a safe zone to try it. Like, although like people talk about risks in music and I'm like, well, yeah, but like, what's the biggest risk that you play a shitty gig? Like, come on, it's not, you know, it's, it's not like, it's not the end of the world and stop thinking you are the center of the universe. It's okay. Like, you know, that's kind of. The thing and um yeah but but de definitely you can you can turn anything into into a gift that's for sure yeah and um well do you write when you write do you always use the piano or do you imagine other instruments or, or how do you do you do it or you whistle or like what's the process Yeah. So it, it depends on the on the project. It depends so when I wrote for orchestra I started more and more understanding how goddamn geniuses were all these composers like, you know, Beethoven, Shostak, like, no logic, no Sibelius, no finale. Are you kidding me? No sequencer, no record. It's just like piano and then paper. How the hell did you do that? And so, you know, but changing, you know, changing times, you need, you need to adapt different tools. So, uh, so like when I write to an orchestra, I use logic and I just like, I, 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 I work with that. Um, I, I'm a big believer in musical DNA, meaning that the simple piano sketch that you're writing or piano composition, whatever, should be satisfying to, to listen to and complete. And then if you orchestrate it, if you add a groove, if you, Yeah, I don't know, like what, whatever additions are made later, that's great. But these are like cosmetics or so like the DNA, the, the most important work is 
the campfire guitar, you know, song basically to make make sure it's satisfying to listen to in the most naked, midi, not sexy version, you know. <laughs> and then uh, and then orchestrate and then add a flute and then have a counterpoint and then whatever, you know. But it's just genius music. It just like really just makes sense. Um, it, it put, put Beethoven's Fifth Symphony in MIDI with no velocity, no nothing. It would sound great. Obviously, not as great as with an orchestra, but like it would make complete sense because everything is in place. Yeah. So. I can sometimes I imagine what was happening to the people when this fresh music at that time, like Beethoven's Fifth or something, was introduced to them. Probably they, probably they lost their shit on the gig. Right? Yeah. That yeah. Pilot, right? Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Completely new new way of looking at music. Absolutely. These guys, man, wow. Like Wayne was like that also. Wayne Shorter. Really? Yeah, yeah. No, he was like pen to paper. Wrote his opera. Like, amazing. You wrote an opera? Yeah, Wayne, Wayne Shorter wrote really? it. Yeah. yeah. Wow. I have to check that. And uh, like, what are your favorite composers? So many. I mean, Shostakovich, Stravinsky, Rachmaninoff, Bach, Beethoven, Mozart, Debussy. I love impressionistic music. Um, uh, what's his name? Steve Reich. Love his his work. Um, yeah, so many. Yeah. And uh, like, was there a moment when you thought, like, the music? is not the way to go and uh if how did you tackle it or how did you get over it? um not the way to go for me you mean yeah like uh it was oh i knew i was like as, again like other than this time in berkeley i always knew i wanted to play music and you know sometimes i think about you know issues of contributing to society um, and that's like a really interesting one because there are many ways to help and I try to do it also in ways that are not only music, but, but then, you know, if you have a certain thing that you're good at, whether it's being a lawyer or, or an athlete or a musician or whatever, and, and it's more than not, not more, but it's like, it's, it's, um, it's a little less common than, you know, uh, so I think that could be used as well, but other than that, no, man, I love music. I love being around it. I love the people that it brings to my life. You know, the fact that we can have this interview now, talk about music is great. Like those things, those relationships that are formed because of music. It's, uh, it's, a, it's an incredible life to live. Yeah. And do you, but does it happen, for example, that some days, I don't know, you have you have a deadline or you have this gig or does it happen sometimes that you just don't feel like internally, like there's a spark that is missing or something. And yeah. how do you tackle that? If that appears. So the counterintuitive thing to do, which paradoxically turns out to work great for me is to accept it. <laughs> It's to accept that you're not inspired, accept, expect, accept 
that you have no ideas in your mind, you have no music in you, you're empty, and that this is okay. Um, and I think, again, like, remembering that music is not everything and to try to take the volume down a little bit, at least, if we can, on this crazy ego trip that a lot of us have. Like, I'm a musician, I'm like, uh, like my career, like, you know, it's cool. It's, like, it's good that we play music, but we're just, you know, we're part of something. It's not that Coltrane was the center of the universe or, or even, not even, you know, Dalai Lama. I don't know. Like everybody, everybody is it's a part of something. And then if you, if you understand that, it becomes a little less stressful when you're not inspired. It's like, okay, great. So it's, it's a day like this and, and I'll be inspired tomorrow. It's part of human nature. And I said, okay, it's not, not such a big drama. And then ironically, part of, like what happens is that you play a great gig. <laughs> See what I mean? Yeah. But that from like, it's a, yeah, embracing the changing nature of the, of the souls or whatever. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. It, it's something what I also now, um, started to embrace more like i just trust that inspire that how should i say this energy level will arise and that i should maybe enjoy the day when i don't have so much to do because busy days will come for sure right yeah yeah definitely yeah. and but the thing is like to really to embrace when it doesn't happen check this out it's like it's not super easy to to implement even if it's like it's not to do it so that you play better it's to embrace that you play bad mm. sometimes mm. and and that that's a real big key to a lot of things yeah yeah because do you also agree that sometimes it's just the the honesty that that um, people get filled by at the gig, like I, I really got several times that feeling, either watching or or being like, oh my god, I, this this is it, man. Like, huh? How how do you feel? Do you, like about honesty in gigs? Yeah, I think it's the most beautiful thing you can offer to an audience. Yeah, and that is not always the most beautiful thing, but that's the beauty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah well put and uh yeah i i remember i had um, a couple of months ago i had this gig and i changed strings on the guitar and sounded like shit and i was like oh this is gonna be a fucked up gig you know i was i gave up i was like you know i did my job i practiced up until this day somehow the sound is just not there you know i come to the gig i set up you know the sound blah 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 like okay it's gonna be average and then i just it's something flipped because i lowered my standards so much every note was so precious that i played good you know <laughs> it was like oh my god you know but that's just that's man we are all in this e crazy ego trip it's crazy like we're so worried about career and success and what happens if you play shit? like it's check it out and then like when you just let go of it and enjoy it yeah and, and that's it and if you don't that's okay too <laughs> yeah yeah i it's even not, yeah, yeah sorry 
No, 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 you go. No, it's not. A, it's not a bas. It's not a basketball game where you have winners. <laughs> it's really different. I think. Yeah, it's uh, on the on the more like spiritual way of thinking. Is like you could apply it to competitive sports as well, where you're still a human being who would just enjoy his day at work, and if you lose, you lose. But I think you know there, there in competitive sports, these guys have like a much guys or girls have a much more like defined goal. Yeah. But even there, it's the same. Yeah. Mm, on a couple of instances, I even imagine that I am someone else, like on a gig. Like I even introduced myself as someone. And it's funny what it did to my ego. Like I just didn't care what I play in the sense that I didn't care for the mistakes and I it, it liberated me. It was crazy. Great. So that's like an, an amazing mirror to now try to do the same while presenting your name. Like, <laughs> no, I'm, I'm really serious, man. Like it's, it's, you know, it's great. So, you know, you have it in you and then, you know, like you understand it's an ego thing. Like yeah. once it's my name, it's more like it happens to me all the time. It's like, uh, as soon as it's my gig, everything is more, yeah, safe. I don't know. It's like, yeah. And what is your pre-concert, um, like how, what do you do before a concert? Um, these days I'm trying to do like a meditation sandwich, <laughs> like so many meaning like short one before, short one after, so that each one of them has a different meaning. The one before is to get in the right zone, you know, like make sure I'm, I'm open and quiet and that I don't have too much perceived uh, pre-perceived idea of what I want to do, but rather to go start improvising and, and allow it, allow things to ha happen. And, you know, I have songs that I've written that I can play, blah, blah, blah. But like the idea is to really try to empty my mind as much as I can. And, uh, the other, other part of the sandwich is after the concert, which is kind of to do what I just described to you, which is to go back to earth, you know, land, uh, and put what just happened in the right perspective. So like you're on stage, there's a room full of people, I don't know, it could be five people, could be 2,000 people, and they're all looking at you, and they're cheering for you if it was a good gig, and standing ovation, and buying records, and everybody shaking your hands, like, oh, it was, it was great. It was, and it potentially can really mess you up. <laughs> You know, it can really confuse you and make you think like you're the center of like the universe in a, in a, in a certain way. You know what I mean? Like you, and then I know a lot of artists are struggling with like post tour depression where you go back to your own regular life. And then guess what? You need to go to the supermarket, you need to take the trash can, nobody is applauding you. And then you get all fucked up. And, and so I think the second meditation is to really kind of like put everything in perspective, understand that it just happened. It was like a community, communal experience of whatever exchange happened on stage. And then that's it. You go back to the hotel and you don't give in to, to your uh, the imagined personality. You know, like this, this, this shy maestro thing, or or Herbie Hancock, or Rafael Nadal. I, I don't know. Like, or you, you just do what you do. You know? Yeah. And so that 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 makes 
touring way easier. Like it makes being on stage way easier. And then the transition is way easier. Going back to the hotel way easier. And just to just like find this flow because you just, you go travel the world, play music, come back to the hotel and go. That's it. You know, it's like not, not too crazy. Yeah. I think you put it well, just with this, um, when you try to describe it, you did this sigh, uh, you know, I think that's exactly the state that, that, uh, that you can be put in, right? Like, it's just, <laughs> bit, bit fake. it's fake. It's all fake. It's like, it's not, it's, it's okay. You know, it happened and it's, it's real what happened, but that's it. It's like this whole other thing of, you know, we built, we built shrines like Instagram shrines and the amount of, followers that we have and da, 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 and it's like it's really you can lose your mind because then anxiety because you need then you need to maintain it like you know you have two million followers on instagram shit i like <laughs> like how can you you know what i mean it's like it's it's great and if you can if you can have two million followers on instagram and still be cool and not don't let it consume you and feel like you need to feed this monster all the time but like just see it from a point of view like well you know have an opportunity to talk to a very very large amount of people let me try to do the best i can with it and go back to my life that's it yeah beautiful and you mentioned earlier that you also do some physical activity is there something that you are uh, focused on is there something that you're the most busy with physically no just cardio trying to maintain a healthy routine and to feel a little bit like less like a piano warm you know and you're just like sitting crouching and above the, you know above hovering above the keys all day you become a little bit like slouched and yeah and heavy so like uh, this physical activity not not anything too too fancy yeah, yeah. So like running or, um, yeah, running, swimming, oh, swimming. The, yeah, the usual, usual stuff. That's perfect for posture, like swimming. Oh, mm -hmm. say it's fantastic. Yeah. And, um, did you in a recent year or a recent period, uh, faced a struggle and would you be willing to share, uh, how did you tackle um, that or how are you managing it? That would be very precious. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, you know, writer's block was a big one. I mean, there was like, there was like COVID, like a lot of things that, but uh had a writer's block that I had to deal with and actually like an interview that I heard my Brad Meldow really helped me. And this pod a podcast called something about Bach. Um what WTF Bach, something like that. What the fuck Bach Bach. I think it's the guy that talks about Bach's music. And then he interviewed Brad. And then Brad spoke about writer's block and he spoke about Check it out, it's pretty incredible about um creative pregnancy. I was like, what? <laughs> it's like, yeah, there's a time where you need to be pregnant. You know, you need to 
raise something you need to make something grow and you don't have an output <laughs> you know it's just, it's cooking <laughs> it's uh it's being made and and that's really helped me so like kind of at times where i'm completely uninspired i just change the output need to input oh sorry my phone okay so try to change the output to input and uh, i spoke to tigran one time and i asked him how does he stay inspired but well, he i think he lived in armenia or something like also like isolated kind of life well, far away from a musical scene and he was like yeah i just listened to a lot of classical music I was like, wow great you know so change the output to input read books i try, try to try to do try to filter what you intake and make sure it's really quality stuff Unless you want to binge watch some binge watch some shitty Netflix show and then you do it consciously, it's okay. But uh, but otherwise, man, yeah, just a Buddha, Shostakovich symphony, just like you know, like that's that's really really helpful for sure. Mm. And in a similar attitude, is there in a similar question, is there a a, a lesson or or a quote or a line that you go to uh, when things are a little bit weird or is there something that you keep that keeps on coming back something what you've learned yeah um it comes a little bit from the from the Bud Bud buddhist world where they talk a lot about uh perception and that everything is your perception like you can change your how, how you see everything um you know uh, what's his name roberto benini did the uh, life is beautiful about uh, living in the holocaust and changing the way you saw things you know you, did you see that did you watch this movie no he's there with, it's amazing amazing film uh, life is beautiful and he's there with his son and the holocaust and then he's basically trying to present a beautiful reality to his son at the in the holocaust and everything is like you know something happens and he would be turns it transforms it into i don't know like well, i needed to watch it again to, to remember it but so that shows you that even in the hardest circumstances uh what they what nobody can take away from you is your choice to how you see things mm. and uh so when you struggle with writer's block depression or music related issues it's really helpful for me to remember that there is a way for me to change my mind about it and to change how how i see it so it's not like reality is fucked and i'm fucked and that's it which is you know very true as well like especially in circumstances that are you know physically horrible you know document these days now it's like but but yeah we have we 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 will always have a freedom to to choose how we see things so in 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 circumstances that are way easier and lighter you know talking about music for sure just change change your perspective use whatever tools you have whether it's like master's wisdom you know or or your own wisdom um practice you know meditation is great for that as well Mm, thanks and um on since we're getting to the end um what or where is the best that people uh, get to know you 
better where are you most active to to find more about you um well you mean like in concerts yeah either co uh, concerts or in sense of on now everything is online so what what is the most um which channel do you use the most to to be connected with the audience oh uh, i'll be instagram it's been quiet since the whole thing in, in israel palestine started but usually that's what i that's where i upload all my all my stuff and then you know that i like i put like some website quotes and i mean links and um like the concert links and whatever but but yeah that's that's my main go-to yeah um so i will also uh, put all the um links and whatnots in the description of the of the podcast uh, so that people get can get uh, to know you better and find out more about shy maestro um, on this note i want to thank you uh, from the depths of my heart uh, for this uh, wonderful conversation for sharing your insights on music uh, your wisdom your learning experience uh, history and uh yeah thank you very much my pleasure thank you i had a great time and um yeah looking forward to seeing you in real life when whenever that happens if these topics are relevant to you or if they happen to inspire or help you in any way please do me a favor and take a few seconds to follow and rate this podcast by doing so you will directly help it grow and if while listening to this episode you realize that any of your friends might benefit from it Share it through your socials or with them directly. I'm your host, Mikhail Frustel. Thank you for listening. And until next time, I wish you a sound mind.